0: Hello and welcome to Post Credit, the podcast for you to go to for all your movie needs you have after the credits roll. We'll provide you every week with news, reviews, predictions, and theories, as well as exclusive movie details you can't find anywhere else. If this is your first time listening to us, hello. If you're coming back, hello again, and it's very nice to see you today. How neat is that when you follow and subscribe to our podcast, we give you an extra greeting. That's so... So kind of us. <laughs> all right. We're excited for today's episode. Today, we'll be covering some exclusive information from a couple upcoming DC films that we've uncovered, as well as discussing our favorite Netflix originals, including the recent hit Always Be My Maybe. I am your host, Preston Moore, and I am joined by my co-host, Raymond
1: Venuya. How what? you doing, Raymond? Doing all right. What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming back. And if this is your first time, thanks for being here.
0: We made it. Week two. It's we
1: did it. It's part of the grind. You gotta just keep it's doing it. It's part
0: of it. the grind. We're we're already here into our second week. I, I can't even, I can't even believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: it seemed like three months ago, this was just a far off, oh yeah, we're gonna start this at some point. And yeah. last week I was yeah. like, oh wow, it's our first episode. All right, we're doing this. Yeah. We have logos. <laughs> we're, and everything, I was like, wow. We're, yeah, we're
0: getting started. We're, we're in the grind now. Awesome. Okay, so that being said... Uh, Let's jump right into it. So, uh, Ben Affleck has played Batman in the past uh, three times he showed up in movies, that being in Batman v Superman in 2016, Suicide Squad in 2016, and Justice League in 2017. Now, uh, we know for a fact that Ben Affleck will not be returning to the role, um, as sad as that may be for some of us to hear, Uh, but we have Robert Pattinson coming in uh, of Twilight fame, Uh, I personally haven't seen him in anything other than Harry Potter, but I know that he, um, I know that he's, he's been on a roll recently. So I've heard that he's been doing really well, um, and kind of distance himself from that, that Twilight name that may have less left a bad taste in some people's mouths. Um, so he'll be starring in the Batman, uh, which is slated to release probably sometime next year in 2020. Um, and Matt Reeves is directing and he, he wrote and directed this movie. Uh, he was also the director of the Planet of the Apes trilogy, the newer ones. Um, and a lot of people are really excited for this movie because Matt Reeves, uh, he's such a, uh, such a talented director in, and he's a known name in Hollywood. Um, so that being said, uh, we have a casting call from the Batman uh, confirming three roles that will definitely be in the film uh, with character descriptions uh, I'm gonna read them off here in a bit, um, but we are going to fan cast uh, these three roles um, and say who we want to see in this in this film in these these uh, these Batman roles. So, uh, without further ado, our very first one is the Riddler. Um, it says male 30 to 40 years old a criminal mastermind in gotham city who takes delight in incorporating riddles and puzzles into his schemes leaving them as clues for the authorities to solve um so we know the riddler uh he was in batman forever back in the day we don't talk about that little (laughs) (laughs) jim carrey um he's been in gotham the new tv show i haven't seen all of gotham but i know what i did see i i liked for the most part mm-hmm. um, but who let's start with you who would you fan cast as the riddler in matt reeves uh, the batman
1: uh for me someone that i would really enjoy seeing as the riddler is actually joseph gordon levitt i know that he was attached to nolan's dark dark knight trilogy but i think he really has this range to pull off the character because with the riddler at least from reading the comics like take this at the grain of salt of course because I don't know the entire expansive history on the Riddler, but from my uh, experience with the character, I feel like he's almost really half serious, but yet also able to be really, in a way, charming. Almost like creepily charming. And I really think that Gor- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levy could really pull off that role because we've seen him not really play a villain. I mean, I didn't watch him at least not that I've known, play a villain, but I feel like he still has that range where that we saw in like the Dark Knight rises, where he could be angry yet he's can also just be really intense as an actor and then in Inception we got to see him be really charming. And in like his other movies that are like five hundred days of summer or fifty fifty. You know, he gets to play he's played a wide variety of roles is my point. And I feel like with the Riddler one, he matches that Male, what is it, twenty to forty age range, and I just think yeah,
0: thirty thirty to forty. He's yeah, right in that.
1: I think he'd do a great part. Aside Robert, uh, Robert Pattinson, and I think with Matt Reeves too directing. I think for the tone that they're going for, this detective style, a little bit more serious and grounded and dark. Of course, as every most Batman movies are. I really do think Joseph Gordon Levitt would be a great Riddler. But what did you have?
0: I. I really like Joseph Gordon Levitt. I like that a lot. I didn't even think of that. I really like him. Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. He's one of my favorite actors for sure. I loved him in The Dark Knight Rises, and I personally, I mean, maybe they would want to distance themselves from like other comic book properties, but I don't think they like would avoid casting him um, as a Riddler. Um, that being said. I do know a name that's floated around. This isn't my fan cast, mm-hmm. but a name that's floated around for the Redler is Nicholas Holt. Uh, he was in, I guess he starred in Tolkien. Yeah. The movie about J.R.R. Tolkien. He's also year. a beast he's, right in
1: the current, well, I guess now over X-Men right. franchise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's so he's mm-hmm. the beast in the, these prequel X-Men movies. So first class, uh, days of future past apocalypse and dark Phoenix, all of them. He, he was in so, and I like him a lot. Um, he was one of the two. I, it came down to him and Robert Pattinson for the role of Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Pattinson got it, um, and that's that's the only the only set casting that we know at the time. But Nicholas Holt, I haven't really seen him in much other than X Men. Yeah, which I mean, he's fine. I guess I don't know. I I I wasn't like Nicholas Holt stole the show or anything. You know, like he's. He's okay in those movies, I guess. But, um, I mean, he could be Riddler. And he's he's the name that's floated around a lot, mm-hmm. I know, um, to actually be cast as Riddler. Um, I feel like it's... My
1: casting... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, go I feel ahead. like it's hard, too, though, with that one. Because it is... I haven't, at least personally, I haven't really seen his other work aside from, yeah, X-Men. And I feel like almost casting him as the Riddler is almost, in a way, like a typecast. Because he is nerdier you know especially in x-men first class you know he's a little bit more quiet little nerdier and sometimes the riddler in some iterations can come off that way you know where it's this guy at his computer and doing his thing behind the scenes but he's not out there like the way the joker is or the way yeah catwoman can be or penguin who's always out there he's kind of working behind the scenes i feel like because of the way we've seen him portrayed in x-men as beast Uh, i really do feel like we could see it's easy to see him as the riddler that way
0: you know what i mean yeah i agree for sure um yeah like i haven't seen him in anything other than x-men but i guess he could we'd have to see i don't know (laughs) um my fan cast for the riddler um i almost know won't happen because of the past Mm -hmm. but i had jesse eisenberg because oh, that's such a good and one. i know right right and you know he was in batman v superman obviously as lex Luthor. and this is a whole other topic but i thoroughly enjoy that movie and i thoroughly enjoy jesse eisenberg as lex Luthor. however i do know that that lex Luthor wasn't exactly the lex Luthor from the comics it wasn't exactly What people expected. They kind of changed the character a lot. Yeah. Uh, And Eisenberg's performance didn't really fit what people know Lex Luthor as. Mm -hmm. What it did fit, though, I mean, I loved it. I still enjoyed it because I don't think comic accuracy determines whether a movie is good or not. Exactly. Yeah. In terms of comic book movies. But I think based on that performance, as well as everything else I've ever seen him in, um, he would kill it as the Riddler. I think that's, like, the perfect comic book role for him because he's just got this this scatterbrained, like, the way that he acts, the way that he delivers his lines is so... It's calculated, but at the same time, it's very much um, just a little off. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Like, I feel like he could fit that, and that's what the Riddler is. It's The Riddler has this plan. It's all obviously very complex very laid out and everything mm-hmm. but it's also the way that he is he's obviously mentally insane yeah so like he's gonna be a little bit off you know he's gonna be a little bit just a a tad bit off just just slightly you know and jesse eisenberg would nail that i think personally um oh, that's a really but good one i that know that never won't... thought of that <laughs> yeah i i would i would love to see it it won't happen because of You know he's already literally been in this universe Mm -hmm. so i mean they'd be crazy to do it um people wouldn't even like that because of continuity errors and whatever but that's something that i've always wanted to see um moving on we next we have the penguin uh that is our next character two out of three uh this description says male 20 to 40 a Gotham City mobster, short, obese, with a long nose, and he uses high-tech umbrellas as weapons. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, the Penguin that we know and love. Of course, um, yeah. already just the character doesn't d- doesn't reveal much um, aside from what we already know about this character. Mm-hmm. I'll go first this time. Yeah, go for it. My fan cast for the Penguin is Alfred Molina. Um, he was Doc Ock in oh, Spider-Man yeah. Two. Oh yeah, da- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I don't, I haven't seen him in much else. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm not good at fan casting. So all of these, <laughs> I'm like, maybe this could work. Um, that's why I try to never fan cast just cause I'm not good at it. Um, but I, I tried with this. Um, I looked at a, a wide range of actors. Alfred Molina was the one that stuck out to me personally, because the way that he played Doc Ock, I feel like he could definitely bring that same energy to the penguin um, Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 is like one of the most beloved uh, villains. Yeah, I mean, that that story, people widely regarded as the best Spider-Man movie, and that's a debate for another time, probably for next week. Um, Honestly, yeah. The, uh, people widely regarded as the best Spider-Man movie and a lot of that can be attributed to Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. So, I really, really think that he would be great as the penguin what about
1: you i actually ended up with jonah hill and okay i think i put more into it yeah the idea of what actors could really nail that one that character and then that range of course with this description that we had short obese man with a long nose that looks nothing like jonah hill but i mean <laughs> not because yeah, he
0: lost all this weight yeah
1: i mean dude's looking good He's now. All
0: skinny now
1: but <laughs> what do you call this it looks just like i mean okay bro thor you know Chris Hemsworth obviously didn't put on all that weight it's just they put a they put him in a suit so for me that could this could it could really be anybody in a suit and a prosthetic nose you know i mean but for me it's just yeah. Jonah Hill's yeah. really evolved into from just comedy like we saw him in what was that Superbed? yeah things like that and uh 21 yeah. jump street with mean, from roles like that need i don't know if you've seen moneyball where he's There's that story of Billy Bean, and he plays like a really big role there. He's pretty much the secondary role to Brad Pitt, but it's such a Mm -hmm. good movie, and I feel like he's really become one of those actors that can be, yeah, just like I said with Joseph Gordon Levitt, both funny and kind of cartoony in a way that we've seen the Penguin with, yeah, his high tech umbrellas and his penguin puns, but. I really do think that he has the range to pull off also that aspect of the Penguin because the thing is with Batman's villains, right, it's that I read somewhere, it was like this psychological thing about them and it's that they're supposed to be these reflections of what Batman could be or should be, you know, in somehow, shape, way, or form. I mean, the Riddler has the knowledge and that detective skill that batman has and that's what he could be this is what batman could be and then the penguin is just like bruce wayne you know he's rich he has the money but he uses it for things like evil instead of doing what bruce wayne does and helping the community and you know being batman and i feel like with jonah hill aside from robert pattinson it could they really have a chance to do something where it's like he's looking at a darker reflection of himself if that makes sense and i think jonah hill really just has the one uh i just love jonah hill in any role but two i think seeing him acting in a serious role like that where the comedy is also secondary to him i think he'd really thrive right there but who did you end up with
0: I had Alfred oh, yeah, I forgot. We yeah, I forgot. we well, bad. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Sometimes you just get No, into I really it. I, Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I like Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's a good choice. He's one of those actors that like started in comedy but then shown he was like, "Hey, like I can do these other things too." And it's really good, you know. Exactly. I mean, did you I think of like did, did you Jordan Peele, John Krasinski, those kind of guys Oh that, yeah, like, have these other talents, you know.
1: I mean, did you watch uh mid 90s no, I haven't.
0: That was I want to so bad. That was
1: a good movie. I mean, I bet that's what I heard. Oh yeah, I was really just taken aback. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, Jonah Hill, you really outdid yourself!" Like, this is great.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So moving on, our third and last one uh, is Catwoman. Uh, this is says female, twenty to thirty, uh, Gotham City burglar who wears a tight one piece outfit and uses a bullwhip for a weapon. So uh, like the other descriptions, pretty much what we already know, Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we've seen multiple iterations of Catwoman. I know we saw we saw her in Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, we saw her in The Dark Knight Rises most recently with Anne Hathaway. um, Anne Hathaway and I really like Anne Hathaway a lot. Of, some people don't, apparently.
1: I found out, but whatever. That's weird. I, I love that I, movie I, and I love
0: Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I
1: love that casting. That was I thought that was really good.
0: Yeah, for sure. Who Who would your Catwoman be for
1: this movie? Uh, this is a name that I actually saw floating around on Twitter, but it is something that I ended up choosing too as my fan casting because I just think, once again, yeah, she just has that personality that could really pull off. That Catwoman vibe that we go for that we got to see too, especially in, in Anne Hathaway's performance. I actually picked Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, she okay. She comes off a little Gabriella. Yeah, she's a little young, but I mean, <laughs> what do we have? Twenty to thirty. I mean, that's that's fine. That like, I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah. some actors just like they look younger on screen. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I'm like, I would have never <laughs> guessed Michael B. Jordan is thirty. Like, I really thought he was twenty four. Yeah. yeah. But for sure yeah so i I actually toby
0: Maguire, toby Maguire was 32 at the time of spider-man 3 see that that's crazy to me
1: like i thought he could have been a college student (laughs) but yeah yeah i actually picked vanessa hudgens because i already forgot what the title of the movie was but she had this role where she starred alongside uh oh man why am i just blanking on the girl from daredevil she the uh, She's also in Luke Cage, and she's actually like all the
0: Rosario Dawson. Yes,
1: she had the movie with Rosario yeah. Dawson, and I never, and that was the first time I really saw her act very seriously. And I was, I was really blown away. I was like, I did not think she had the range for that because of the last thing I saw her in was yeah, like High School Musical, and I really do think yeah, she could pull up, pull off that role. I mean. Catwoman, like we, like the, my, at least my interpretation of Catwoman was really like Anne Hathaway, that she's not trying to be bad. You know what I mean? She's, she's just really, yeah. she's like an anti-hero, you know, she's tr- not trying to be bad at all, but yeah, that's just, the, but she comes off as very charming, you know, obviously very beautiful. So I feel like Vanessa Hudgens would just nail that role. But what did you end up with? She Vanessa Hudgens. I,
0: I didn't I had someone else, but I'm still thinking about Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, when that I one. saw that's that, so funny to me. I saw that on Twitter I, and I was I like, no, that's seen... that's
1: perfect. I was like, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: I haven't really seen her in anything other than high school musical. Um so that would be that would be a quick a big change uh for, for me, having mm-hmm. not seen her in anything else, but I think that would be that would definitely be interesting. Um I had Olivia Wilde. Um, that's a good one. I think she's, yeah. And she's a popular one for Catwoman as well. Mm-hmm. And I know I haven't seen, again, I'm really bad at fan cast. So this is another actress that I haven't seen in a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that she definitely has the range. Obviously she's got the talent, um, from when I have seen her and she's been, she's been really good and, and she definitely looks the part. I think she'd be ripped straight off a comic book. I mean, when you look at it, so, I I think she'd be really good in that role. What do you think? No, that's actually
1: a really good one. Olivia Wilde. I mean, yeah, I could actually see that one. I feel like that is one of those things where it looks just like how Robert Downey Jr. looked like uh, Iron Man. You know, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, she looked like she came straight out of the comic book. No, that's a really good one. Yeah, just people that look like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, so we had those three. Those are confirmed. Um, Now we're going to do one more. Uh, this is just one that we d- we thought we wanted to choose. It's random. We haven't heard uh, any of this before. We haven't talked about this, but we wanted to choose one other Batman character that we want to see in the Batman film uh, coming next year um, that we do not know. We don't know that whether they're going to be in it or not. So basically, just a Batman fi- a Batman character mm-hmm. from his mythology that we want to see in there. So I'll I'll start. Um, My character that I chose that I want to see in the Batman is Harvey Dent. Uh, Not not Two-Face. I want to see Harvey Dent first. I think it would be cool, um, even if it's just for a couple scenes, like an extended cameo or something. But (laughs) since we're going with this younger Batman in Robert Pattinson, it would be cool to build up a friendship between Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent um, as partners, I think over the course of this movie and maybe bring, maybe over the course of two movies and then bring him in as a villain in the second or third movie later on after, like once he fully becomes two face, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and this is what I struggled with too, mainly because I love, I think Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent is one of the most underrated performances, um, that I can think of. Um, his performance in the dark Knight, I think it's overshadowed by Heath Ledger as the Joker, which we all know is legendary, but Aaron Eckhart as two face was un- just unbelievable. He was incredible too, that whole movie. Um, but my choice for Harvey Dent uh, was Donald Glover. I think, well, that's, I thought
1: that's interesting.
0: I went through a lot of, I went through a lot of different names for this because I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know who to pick. I had a couple that I stuck on, but I I ended up with Donald Glover partly because I love Donald Glover. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just a massive fan of his. I've seen almost everything he's done. I love his music as Childish Gambino and all that stuff. Um, But I think it would be really cool. I think he's the right age. Uh, He looks the right age Mm -hmm. to where he could be this young, uh, you know, friend of Bruce Wayne's. Yeah. And, as we saw in solo, a star Wars story, when he played Lando, um, he knows how to be charming. Oh, definitely. Like he, he's got that. And I think that's something that Harvey Dent needs to have before he becomes, you know, two face, obviously he's this successful politician, um, young, successful, attractive, charming. I think Donald Glover has all of that and would nail it. Um, I think I would, I would love to see that personally.
1: No, I think Who, that was, what was your character. That's a really good one. Donald Glover as two face. I mean, well not two face Harvey. I think Dan. that would
0: be so fun. Yeah, no,
1: that would actually be really, I mean, that is another thing too, where it's one of I don't know if you've seen his newest movie that he released on Amazon, Guava, Guava Island. That was really good. But mm-hmm. yeah, Donald Glover is, uh, to, uh, I keep on saying two face, but you get my point anyways.
0: Well, you know, two-face eventually yeah
1: in a cameo role i think that'd be really interesting but for me i actually went some I, I went with dick grayson just as a kid though i wouldn't want to see him grown up just yet in becoming you know nightwing or even robin like in when i made this casting i thought of it as it could be to the same capacity maybe a nice little cameo at the end or ideally this is just me putting it out there. Like I think that's how I'd love to see the movie end is if this is about Robert Pattinson's Batman, right. Becoming this newer Batman and really growing into almost like a coming of age, but you know, for Batman, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Batman homecoming. Yeah. Is what that would be essentially pretty much. Yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> so, so it'd be Batman home. <laughs> <Like,
1: laughs>
0: let's just put Batman in high school while
1: we're at it. Exactly. But Batman far from home. But I would really like to see <laughs> a young Dick Grayson appear at the end because ideally when I made that choice, it was because I'd love to see the movie end with Robert Pattinson finally becoming Batman and the very end he goes to the circus and that's the last thing we see is the tragedy at Hayley Circus, right? And it'd right, be a great yeah. thing if we're teasing the trilogy that Matt Reeves is going to have if in the second movie we could get you know a Batman and Robin movie And for me, I think the last one, the person I picked was actually, I keep on struggling with his name, so forgive me, but the lead actor from Stranger Things, uh, Finn. Okay. Yeah.
0: Finn Wolfhard? Yes. You know? I love that guy. Yeah,
1: he looks a little older now than when I, now that I think, because I actually don't really keep up with a lot of his stuff. I mean, I watched it, but I I keep forgetting that that was so long ago. I really feel like, oh, that was, yeah, that was just last year. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that was a little bit ago. Uh, Yeah, he's
0: old now. He's like, eighteen. I want to say. I don't know. I've seen the promos for Stranger Things season three, and he's he's old. I
1: saw. I just saw that, and I was like, wow, he looks older. But, in for me, I think, and he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. But to see one of the kids in that have been coming of age recently, too, like all these kid actors from the Shazam movies, the It crew, the Stranger Things crew. I mean, we have an abundance of child actors right now. They're i mean they're growing up obviously but they're doing really good things and i feel like to see one of them even yet like this to the same capacity of donald glover as harvey dent to see him have that cameo as a young dick grayson losing his parents and that's how robert pattinson's next story sort of begins that's like the fourth act leading into the second movie i think that'd be really cool i
0: agree for sure i think that that's a good one too i would like to see both of those all right, so uh that's the Batman. Moving on, uh let's talk about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman came out uh, a couple years ago in 2017. It was widely known as like the DC universe's first good movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say um debatable. I really okay. liked it. Right, right. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying I think that. Um I definitely I I enjoyed it. I liked the movie. But Yeah. Um Let's let's talk about it. So, not a lot has been talked about it. I know they released a poster. The poster's amazing. Uh, super vibrant and colorful and awesome. Uh, but we actually have a trailer description. We don't know when the trailer's going to drop. It's supposed to be very, very soon. Uh, if you're listening to this and it's already dropped, then this whole segment may be a little bit pointless because you've seen it. Uh, but we have a description of what the first trailer likely will look like uh, from someone who's seen it. So... Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, This is a quote. It says The 80s was definitely on display. It showed a lot of Chris Pine. It also focused on Wig befriending Wonder Woman and gaining her powers. Uh, Wig being Kristen Wig, who plays uh, Cheetah in this movie. It says Ended with her big reveal and attacking Wonder Woman. No CGI for Cheetah, just makeup and costume. Looked really cool, like the rebirth design. No mention of how Steve Trevor was back. Cheetah and Wonder Woman befriend each other because they both work at an art museum together. Wonder Woman appears consumers by the 80s and wanting, and Cheetah is jealous of all that she had. She saves people in public. She's a part of society. A lot of saving and a lot of fandom around her, sort of ignoring what was said in Batman v Superman and Justice League. So, that's a lot. Um, yeah,
1: that is that is a lot to take in. Wow. <laughs>
0: That is a lot to take in. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is supposed to... It's already in... In uh, Obviously, it's been filming for a while. They're in production right now. It's supposed to drop next June. Uh, June 2020. So, what what are your thoughts on that? I, d- I don't know. For there's, me... There's a lot to take in for that.
1: For me, I think the biggest takeaway from that is the last sentence is ignoring what was said in Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. Because... That was such a big part of that. You know, we haven't really seen Wonder Woman or heard from her, and she's kind of gone into hiding. But this one's like, yeah, that didn't happen. We're just going to go straight for it. She sounds like a national icon at this point. Like, she should be on cereal boxes. But just judging from this description that we have, and I think that's really interesting. I mean, one, it tells that if that is the case, and this is the route that they're going, I definitely think that says yeah, we're really gonna try hard to push into just having these characters really develop in their own. And aside from that, the thing that stuck out to me the most was definitely the, they're really drenched in this 80s vibe, which I actually really appreciate because have you seen the still images that were released from the movie so far? Yeah, I have. Yeah, those look really good. And it's really colorful, which is kind of a giant Mm -hmm. departure from like what we saw in the first one especially like in that no man's land scene obviously you know it's very dark and gray and depressing but that's why i'm really excited for this one just because i'm really excited to see what they do with that i'm really excited to see the cinematography in this movie just because of those stills alone but nothing here really surprises me that's the thing i mean nothing here is really shocking kind of like how in the Batman vs Superman trailer that doomsday drop, you know that was really shocking, yeah, but here nothing really surprises me. What about you
0: i I don't know, I agree with a lot with you with a lot of what you said. um I think it's mm-hmm. interesting that they're kind of abandoning the Batman v Superman and justice League uh world, if you will um but I mean, whether you like those movies or not they weren't necessarily the most well-received. There are a lot of people. It's it's very divisive, obviously, beyond, among yeah. the fandom. But what we do know is that like they're moving away from that. And they kind of started to move away from it even as early as Justice League, almost. But I think they're really stepping into it now with Aquaman and Shazam being both so bright, colorful, humorous. Uh, really, a lot of things that man of steel and batman versus superman were not for better or for worse Mm -hmm. so that's definitely interesting for sure what i found interesting was the practical effects for cheetah i Mm -hmm. and i don't know a whole lot about this character but it's definitely what i do know is that i was expecting them to do more cgi for yeah, her. Maybe not full-on motion capture like Thanos, but I thought there would be a little bit more CGI aspect added to her character. But I'm still really excited for for her. I've heard great things uh, and nothing else. People are really excited for it. I'm excited to see what it looks like for sure. I think Cheetah's a really, really cool character, but I mm-hmm. it's also a big worry in that you... You can go wrong with it, I think, in terms of the no, look. Like,
1: it's, definitely.
0: It's one of those characters, kind of like Mysterio in Far From Home. Uh, he obviously yeah. <laughs> turned out looking great. Like, that suit is is amazing. But it's one of that those comic books... That could have
1: gone really wrong.
0: Right. It's one of those comic book characters where you're just like, okay, they're going to try it, but there's a lot of ways to mess this up. So I'm hoping they didn't. It seems like they didn't. We don't know yet, obviously, but... Uh, We'll see how it goes. The other thing that I found to be really interesting, not surprising, but, like, interesting, we know Chris Pine is coming back. He -hmm. was, personally, he was my favorite part of Wonder Woman, the first one. Uh Um, I thought he, he really, really killed it in that movie, so... But spoilers for Wonder Woman. Um,
1: it's been two years. I don't care. Yeah, th- no, that's <laughs> another thing. Yeah, it's one of those things. You, you—that's on you, man. If yeah. you haven't seen this yet.
0: Yeah. So he dies at the very end, and and it's this it's this big emotional scene, and and his death was really beautiful. It was really well handled, but uh-huh. it makes me wonder how they're gonna bring him back because he's literally in a plane, and the plane explodes. Like you see it explode. So yeah. How do you think they're gonna bring him back? because you can't have Chris Pine in the sequel and not playing Steve Trevor. We know that it's gonna be some kind of it's gonna be that same character, obviously, unless they I don't know they pull like a twin brother or a son kind of thing, which would be really weird and and bad in my opinion. but well, how do how do you think I they're gonna bring him back?
1: I hate to say I was gonna go with the sounds like maybe that's like really a nephew that got named after him or something. But they look identical. I I know. That's the only thing. I'm like, how do you bring this dude back? I mean, he looks exactly like him. I mean, given this is a while later, but still, you know, it's just I don't know how you bring him back in a way that doesn't seem way out there. I mean, to to be fair, the whole movie should already be way out there, but because, you know, it's a superhero movie, but still, it's just something that, that even for that you know, rules of the universe for that movie. I don't know how you bring him back in a way that doesn't break one of those to the, to an extreme. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was really thinking it's going to be a descendant or something, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. What did you think?
0: I guess they could do a descendant. I think that would be so weird because it's just, because it's the same guy. So obviously to all the moviegoers, like that's going to be obviously to every audience. They're just going to see it and be like, well, yeah, but that's that's the same actor, you know, so I don't. Yeah, I hope they don't do that personally, because I just think that would come across as weird and just odd. Um, huh, they could Lazarus pit him.
1: Okay. Yeah, but... that's kind of what I was thinking is
0: when you look at the time difference, if this is in the 80s and the Cold War, World War One is the first Wonder Woman. That's in like the 1910s. So mm-hmm. we've gone 70 years of difference And Chris Pine still looks like Chris Pine. And he doesn't look like an old man. Not, I mean, even looking past the fact that he was in an exploding plane. So, the one thing you can think is, we know that it's not, oh, he survived the plane crash. Because it's 70 years later. So, even if he did survive it, he wouldn't look like this, you know? So, the only way that I can see it is if it's maybe some dream sequence with diana but if chris pine is supposed to be a major supporting character like he was in the first one then mm-hmm. that probably isn't as possible um
1: uh, I so mean, it could be yeah like a spiritual thing for her but maybe
0: maybe uh, my one i just i think they one way or another they resurrect him for some reason i feel like that's that's what it is i don't know I on it, but I honestly don't know i it's a it's such a big question mark because you want Chris Pine in the movie because he was so good in Wonder Woman, and mm-hmm. he will bring in those audiences, but at the same time, you're like, how do we make this make sense? You know,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I've been thinking about that since he was announced for the sequel. It's just yeah, it really is just one of those things like I don't know how you make that really you I don't know how you pull that off honestly yeah like I mean, I'm
0: happy he's back but I hope they don't mess it up in how they bring him back you know
1: yeah because it just feels like yeah if they were to do a descending thing that's a little that's just you brought him back just to bring him back you know it doesn't really fit the story you just did it because he's such a fan favorite it's one of those feelings but I don't, I feel like there's Patty Jenkins has yet to do us wrong you know so i'm just like
0: correct that's true
1: yeah so i really feel like no she's gonna find some way to do this story and make it seem really believable i
0: agree i agree fingers crossed but
1: i'm not yeah i'm not too scared about that one yeah but i'm but i am going back to what you were talking though about cheetah and her lack of special effects or like motion capture i'm actually really excited for that though because like i said i trust patty jenkins uh from last film i really i do trust her a lot so and i I don't know that this might be an unpopular opinion but i actually liked how she handled Ares and uh the twist that was there at the end of that movie i actually liked that i enjoyed that one but mm-hmm. with cheetah and her lack of special effects i don't know i think that could just mean one maybe we aren't going to get a very intense fight scene i mean you could still get a really good fight scene without you know, any crazy motion capture or special effects or anything like that. But I do think too, though, that, and especially from what we've seen in the trailer description about how she's jealous of her and their friends, right? You know, I feel like that could really just mean it's going to be more of an emotional conflict between the two characters than anything else. And I'm, I think, yeah, that just sounds really exciting. Absolutely. And when you
0: don't use CGI, you lessen the risk of messing it up with bad cgi you know so that's very true with a cgi villain it's really easy to go wrong that's another thing um so they're they're avoiding that which is which is really good um and i i've always i love practical effects um in any movie i know that's a big thing is like star wars uses a lot of practical effects that's One of the things that J.J. Abrams tried to bring to The Force Awakens, and I love that so much, is because you have this sci-fi epic in The Force Awakens, but a lot of the creatures you see are actual costumes or they're actual uh, giant puppets, big contraptions, big sets, you know? So I I love practical effects in that it makes it just look so much more real to the movie, you know? So I think that's a that's something that i really am anticipating with cheetah i don't know if i'll like Mm -hmm. it i hope i will i think i will but we'll we'll just have to see yeah so definitely uh moving on our last topic for the day uh we're gonna talk a little bit about netflix so netflix uh if you haven't noticed they've been kind of slowly taking things away from us i feel like um yeah, oh, When they took off Family Guy, I was heated. <laughs> right, we have that. Um, we had Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders. All of that uh, is done, canceled. The whole Marvel thing. Um, they almost lost friends, but then they paid like $100 million to keep it on for one more year. Um, <laughs> but the news broke this week that... Uh, I think everyone's favorite Netflix show or the most popular show to watch on Netflix, The Office is going to be gone um, at the end of 2019 NBC is taking The Office to their new streaming service I think that will be a million streaming services that we have but The Office is moving over to NBC streaming service, they're taking it off of Netflix what do you think about that?
1: For Netflix I'm sorry but that's almost like the nail in the coffin right there. I mean, you're losing all of the Marvel stuff.
0: Do you think so you think ne- do you think Netflix is dead because of this?
1: I feel like it's really starting to slowly go out because yeah, like you said, we have a million streaming services out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have the Disney one, there's the DC one, yeah, and then we have Hulu still. And then you have to and then there's like the HBO subscription still and even Amazon Amazon has, Prime Amazon has their um, own
0: originals. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I feel like Netflix, I feel like, is going to become that company where they really pioneered this thing and they really became, yeah, we're the first really big streaming service for movies and TV shows. But now I feel like it's time that these other companies are just going to really just start doing it better and find ways to improve on it. And it's hard because I think for Netflix, the move to have the... I mean, obviously it's not their choice, but the fact that The Office is gone, a lot of people watch The Office, whether that's good or bad, yeah. you know, is a different story. Per, yeah. For me, I think this is a good thing for the sake of art and film and television because it's like, yeah, maybe right. instead of rewatching The Office a fourth time, maybe you should go watch a new movie you or can a new go, TV You can show. go
0: watch something else finally. That's how I feel is like everyone, people have watched The Office like 13, 14 times just on loop, and and I love The Office, like, I've never been one to to talk bad about the office. I really like it. I think Parks and Rec is yeah. better, but that's for another show. Um, Ooh. i I like the office going back to that. <laughs> um, I like the office, but I don't know. I think it's a good thing to have people you know like watching other things because the office is just it's it's the number one thing that people watch on Netflix, I feel like is the office and friends and maybe Parks and Rec. I mean those three um but mainly the office i think and as much as i love it i think it'll be a good thing for the general viewer whether or not it's Mm -hmm. a good thing for netflix though is a whole nother thing i it's probably not very good i don't think netflix is dead because of this i think they're definitely going to keep on chucking um i mean and keep doing good stuff
1: it depends, too, because, I mean, they do still have good things going for them, like they had Black Mirror. You know, and they've had a lot of good movies, I mean, that have become popular. I mean, whether they're good or not, of course, that's a that's up to everybody else. That's up to each individual viewer's interpretation of the movie. But, yeah, it's just they've had a lot of success with their originals. But a big part of I mean, we've seen the memes that have become of Netflix. Yeah. You know, you spend so much time on Netflix because they have so much and yet nothing to watch.
0: Right, right, and right.
1: And of course it's just hard because uh, Hulu even has a lot of really good stuff to watch now and they have a lot of the older stuff and even their originals, uh, like The Act, that was really good on Hulu. Yeah. And it's just that I feel that with Netflix, yeah, they're just going to lose a large part of their... Membership or their viewership, just because the office did take up so much of that space, and if Friends is only on there for a limited time too, that's gonna be gone soon enough. I mean, that's true. They're I mean Um, they're gonna either have to lower their prices or something, but I know this is definitely gonna take a huge hit on them.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely have an impact. Speaking of, you mentioned their originals. Speaking of their originals, uh, you said that they had some really good originals that you really liked. And I know Indeed. that one of those that you really liked was Always Be My Maybe, uh, the yes. new movie that starred Ali Wong and Randall Park.
1: Hmm. Why why did why did you love it? Why don't you tell us? I really enjoyed. I thought the story, for what it was, is really fun, and it was. I thought it's kind of just like it became one of those like classic rom coms that you enjoy. I mean, I'm not saying it deserves an Oscar, but I thought it was a really enjoyable film. I love the relation. I mean, of course, the main thing is I love the relationship the two of them have. I mean, without getting spoilery, I do love the relationship that the two of them shared. And it wasn't really about the love story. I mean, it was, but it was also about them growing up as people. Of course, as every love story is, you know, it's about the way the characters develop together or apart depending on the movie. But you know, just without being without giving off any spoilers, I thought that the relationship that they had and then the relationships they had with the other people in their lives like her relationship with her parents and Randall Park's character, his relationship with his father and with his bandmates, I thought those were good relationships that really supported the overall character progression for them. So I do at least for me, I thought it was really good and there, there are a lot of moments that happened in the movie that made sense that were just like, they really hit you and for me that's what, that should be the goal for these kind of movies and they really just hit you in the feels and it was just really good. And of course I gotta give it to the soundtrack. I mean, we've had some movies with really good soundtracks lately, like you yeah. know, the Spider-Verse, Black Panther. But the soundtrack on this one, oh my, it was great. I was, I was just like, wow, 93 Till Infinity? That's That was insane <laughs> for me. Why didn't you like it?
0: Yeah, so I hate this movie. I think it is really bad. Um, I, I was so bored the whole time. I thought the writing was terrible. Um, uh-huh. None of the jokes landed for me. None of them at all. I thought the directing was bland. I thought the colors were bland, the cinematography bland, just a lot Mm -hmm. of, a lot of blandness. Um, I thought the story was kind of conflicting in some points. And I think there's a lot, I, (sighs) to me there, I feel like I could see the movie they wanted to make. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like underneath all of this, there's a really good rom-com that's really endearing and touches my heart the way it touched yours. But I didn't I didn't have it. I didn't get it. I don't think I got that. Like I I wanted to like it. I went into it. I'd heard some stuff. I knew it was gonna be like funny. I, I was really I really liked the trailers when it came out a couple months ago.
1: Mm-hmm. But when
0: I watched it I was just like I'm so bored. And I, I there was nothing that spiked my interest. None of I can't even think of a single joke. Other than, I can't think, okay, I can't think of a joke that was said in this movie that made me laugh, except for the 10 or 15 minutes when Keanu Reeves is in the movie. I love I
1: mean, his, his scenes were really funny. Yeah,
0: that part, I, I wrote mm-hmm. the movie gets 10 times better when Keanu Reeves is on screen. And I genuinely think so. Like, I think I gave it one and a half stars out of five, uh, because I didn't man, that's like brutal, it. Man. It is brutal because I didn't like it. Um, and I'm not normally that brutal, but I think if Keanu Reeves was in the whole movie, if the whole movie was like the 15 minutes that Keanu Reeves was in, I probably would have given it three and a half or four. I really, I thought he was so funny. I, I mean, he stole the show, but it was only as an extended cameo. And that was sad to me because that was the part of the movie that I enjoyed and I knew it wasn't going to last. I wanted I wanted to feel something by the end because you can tell they want this emotional pull and you can tell mm-hmm. the story that they want to tell. I saw it and I could see it and I knew like this is here and I see the intent that they wanted with this movie, but I'm not getting mm-hmm. it. So I don't know. I I wanted to like it. I did, but I didn't.
1: <laughs> I-, I enjoyed that. I mean, not for any other reason that I was like, oh, that's cool. But I actually enjoyed that Keanu Reeves and Daniel Day Kim actually had small roles in this movie. I really, when I saw yeah, uh, yeah. Daniel Day Kim in the beginning, I was like, oh, is he going to be like, you know, a very big part of this movie? And then yeah. he wasn't. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's what I saw. And I was like, that's, that's funny. Yeah. And I then saw him I like, yeah, I was when Keanu surprised. Reeves walked in, that was hilarious. But I was just like, that's Keanu Reeves. And they're like, that's Keanu Reeves. I was like, okay, at least he's playing <laughs> Keanu Reeves in this movie. So that's good. But yeah. I thought that was also hilarious, but I mean, I actually enjoyed that. He wasn't in there just completely taking over the film. I mean, not, not for any reason. I love Keanu Reeves. Don't get me wrong. And Daniel Day Kim, but I just thought that was a nice, like, okay, yeah, we'll have a fun cameo here, but I don't know. I actually just, re- I really enjoyed the movie. A lot of the jokes did land for me. I think that's the best thing. Are we allowed to do spoilers or, or now is that a thing we're avoiding? Go
0: ahead. Spoiler right. warning. That's- if you haven't seen it,
1: Yeah, spoiler warning if you guys haven't seen this movie, go watch it. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Preston doesn't, but I do.
0: Let let us know what you
1: think. (laughs) Okay, the tennis ball joke. That was hilarious to me.
0: Remind me what that was.
1: It was when the dude was, uh, they're meeting with the band, and then he's just like, Gari, guys, our merch sales are on fire. And he was like, Yeah, how are we doing? We've sold seven shirts. That was funny to me. And then he was just like, "Oh wait, look what else I got us too," and it was tennis balls. I was like, and he's like, "Oh, what? That has nothing to do with our band." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." And then oh, I thought that was hilarious. That, and then when he
0: okay. and then when he
1: comes Maybe. back to it, because it's like one of those things where it's like, "Okay, like that might have seemed stupid," but then when he performs again in the next uh, performance scene that he has with this band, and they make a whole song about the tennis ball and to be able to relate to it. I thought that was a really good play on his character uh, because on Randall Park's character. Cause just, cause I was like, that just shows how actually smart he is, you know, and how he's really resourceful. And because, I mean, the movie really was about how he has such a, he has such a talent, you know, for whether it's for music, but he's just, he is really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. I can't think of it, but my point is <laughs> he has a lot of potential And it's just that because he was too scared to go out there and go do it, you know, and that he was making excuses for himself to not go do those things, that's why he didn't. But I thought that what that small little thing was really just one of those things that like, oh, wow, you know, he really does have that in him and have that drive and that potential in him to go do those things. But that's like just one example of the things that landed for me. And then the things that like, I was surprised. Like, I don't know how it didn't get to you. Was when he found, when he goes to go uh, talk to her after he told her he didn't want to go to New York and he goes to her restaurant in San Francisco. And then he walks in her office and he sees all the merch because he was like, oh yeah, we've been selling a lot of merch lately. And it was her. I was like, that's sweet. I, I don't know. I thought that just really showed that, like, she's really his, his day one. You know, that's, like, a, what a real friend does. Because even though she's upset with him, she wants him, you know, whether for better or for worse, to feel like he can still go out there and go do things. Did that that really didn't land with you in any way, shape, or form?
0: Not really. I'd say the tennis ball joke was probably, I mean, one of the better jokes of the film Uh like it got a little bit more out of me but I mean the Uh merch thing I was like oh okay that's cool I don't know I nothing none of it landed for me I don't know I don't know why I just didn't like it most of that stuff was just it just kind of happened and I was like okay but I don't really care about these characters very much so anyways uh moving on the last thing we want to do is uh talk about our top five uh Netflix originals now this can be netflix original movie or netflix original series like limited series or netflix original tv show anything that is just netflix so mm-hmm. uh i'll let you go first what's your number five
1: number five is a movie it is to all the boys i've loved before okay. as you can tell i love these romantic comedies these coming-of-age yeah. movies <laughs> yeah clearly i really i mean noah sent really broke out in that movie and I really enjoyed that movie I mean it was really 80s vibes I mean because that came out not it it feels like at least I mean correct me if I'm wrong not too far away from Spider-Man I'm like wow we're really coming back to this style yeah but I really do I never got to read the book that is one thing I should also put out there so I don't know how close to the book it is or how different it is from the book or if it's a complete departure from it but actually yeah, I really enjoyed that movie just because this is one of those things where I mean, yeah, does it deserve an Oscar? Probably not. But is it one of those things where it has a good soundtrack, is good, acting's good, yeah. And the script for what's written and what the characters are given, everything happens and makes sense. I mean, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And then, of course, the two stars really stood out. But for, for me, yeah, this is what lands at number five. What about you?
0: My number five is Triple Frontier. Um, I don't know if you saw this movie. Came out this Mm-mm. year in like January-ish, maybe February. It's one of my top ten movies of the year, actually, and no one seems to be talking about it, which makes me a little bit sad, just because I really liked it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, it's got an all-star cast. It has Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, Charlie Hunnam, uh, what's his name? The guy from Tron, the Neutron, Garrett Hedlund. <sighs> Uh, and Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac is the main star and all five of these guys are bringing their a game. They go on this big, uh, heist kind of thing where they have to get this money and then they got to take it back. And they, it's, it's a massive, massive operation. And I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, not many people talk about it though. They talked about it like the weekend it came out, but that's about all I heard about it, but it's one of my favorite, um, definitely one of my favorite netflix originals um so let's move on what's your number four
1: so number four it's a little bit older this came out in 2016 but it was the fundamentals of caring with selena gomez paul rudd and craig roberts and for those who don't know who craig roberts is he actually starred in another film that was also like a coming-of-age film and it was called submarine and so for the fundamentals of caring that movie is here i'll read Read off the quick description. It was, uh, Paul Rudd, his character, retires after a personal tragedy and becomes a disabled teen's caregiver. When the two embark on a road trip, their ability to cope is tested as they start to understand the importance of hope and friendship. And for me, that movie was also just one of those really good coming-of-age movies where all the characters progress really well. That's one thing. Especially Paul Rudd. I mean... Paul Rudd really steals the show in there, and that is the, like the balance of a really serious drama role. Yeah, and still having that comedic charm to him, where he where qu- he cracks the occasional joke, but for the most part, it's a serious film, and I actually enjoyed his performance in there a lot. That's really one of the main reasons it's number four is because of Paul Rudd. Yeah, for but sure. I'd recommend that movie to everybody. That's I... that's one of the first things I watched on Netflix when I got a subscription. It was really good.
0: I haven't seen that. I'll definitely check it out. Um, My number four is the Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. This isn't... It's the documentary of, you know, the tapes they acquired from when Ted Bundy Bundy was, Mm -hmm. like, in prison and stuff. I don't know if you ever watched it. It is Mm -mm. chilling to the bone. I mean, it's horrifying, but so, so interesting to hear... The things he said, because it's all this unreleased footage of like, like audio tracks of what Ted Bundy was saying when he was literally on death row. And I don't know. I love it. I think it is very, very creepy, but it's really interesting because they interview like his one victim that like survived They interview his mom, like his family. It's it's really interesting how they just dissect his mind and go into this stuff i don't know it's it's creepy it makes me get the chills right now just thinking about it but it's no definitely I it mean, was it was a good watch and it was really well put together
1: um i mean i'm, I'm a sucker for good like documentary work i mean that yeah. just sounds really i mean the whole i mean i know that the topic of serial killers can be really interesting sometimes yeah. i mean that's why it's out here you know on netflix like right right people it's, really it's get creepy. into it
0: It's creepy. It's horrible. But at the same time, it's like, show me more. This is really intriguing, Um, especially with this one, because you you really you get to see like inside of his mind, like really what he's thinking. So I really enjoyed it. Um, What's your number three?
1: So number three, I feel like I might get some pushback on this one, actually. But actually, number three for me is Daredevil. Okay. Yeah, I know a lot of people have that at their number one. I mean, Daredevil is really good. Don't get me wrong. From the cinematography to the acting, I mean, wow, yeah, the acting. I am Vincent Dion I mean, wow. Right. But there's not much I can say that people don't already know about this show. Right. I mean, Daredevil is really good. Like, that is one of the most tightly written shows I've seen. Yeah. And the way they handle The Punisher, Elektra, and even the way they bridge into The Defender's i loved all of it and then matt murdoch's progression as a character i feel like it was what arrow seasons one and two are on steroids yeah like i can you get see all that, those yeah. feels and you get that dark gritty feel from it and you're just like I, it makes me wish everything marvel ever touched was done in the same fashion right. because wow That was crazy. But like I said, there's not much I can say about Daredevil that people don't already know. But yeah, it's clocking at number three for me. What about
0: you? My number three is a series of unfortunate events um, starring Neil Patrick Patrick Harris. Harris. Right. So I never read these books. Uh, A lot Mm -hmm. of people tell me that I should because of how much I talk about this TV show. But I absolutely love this, this show. It's one of my favorites that I've ever seen just solely because it's got such a weird humor style like there's mm-hmm. so many the jokes that like it's it's very very weird and odd and it's the exact type of humor that I love a lot of people don't like it like I know I I watched it and I recommended it to some people and they were like I tried mm-hmm. it and it's so boring and I was like how do you not find every line in this show hysterical like I don't know I I love it Just because it's one of those things that you watch and you feel like, oh, my God, like this was made for me, Mm -hmm. you know, where you see it and you're like, this is exactly what I like to see. This is exactly my my type of humor, my type of, uh, you know, acting, all of it, my type of story, everything I'm interested in all in one. That's how I feel about a series of unfortunate events. The show on Netflix. I, I absolutely love it. So what what's your number two?
1: So my number two is actually uh, Sensate from the Wachowskis. Have you heard of Sensate? I've heard of it. I've not watched it. Sensate is really good. So this is like a sci-fi epic from the Wachowskis. And it follows these group of eight people. And they're like psychologically connected. And there are more people out there like them. But there's only two seasons, I believe. And it's because the budget on that show was so expensive because they had to film in so many different places that Netflix couldn't keep it going anymore. But it was a really good show. And I mean, all eight actors really put in the work and really shine. And it also has another thing too about it that I enjoy is that all the actors for the most part, or at least in the show, their characters are coming from different parts of the world. And so when they talk to each other and they can see what each other see and feel what each other feel it really does highlight i guess the cultural differences between people growing up in korea or people growing up in poorer countries people growing up here in america and people who go through like different struggles and for me i thought that's something that everybody should see because it wasn't just about them doing having their cultural differences and overcoming them it was about them Using their cultural differences to help each other understand things that are going on in their own lives and to deal with things in their own lives. And of course its own storyline of what's at, like that's, you know, the message behind it all, but the actual story of what's going on is that there are people out there who want either to destroy this psychological connection or they want to meet more people with that psychological connection and who they can trust And who they can't is really insane sometimes because you're just like can i trust this character or not yeah know, and it really and this is another really tightly written tv show where it's just keeping you on the edge of your seat and every episode afterwards you're just like i want to watch another one (laughs) because it's like there's so many things that are just going on and you're like wow i really want to see how does this end and when it and that's the thing too with the series finale so he did give them at least the series finale so that way fans wouldn't wouldn't be left hanging on a cliffhanger but it was it blew me away honestly and then the message that they leave with, leave you with at the end I felt like really highlighted the entire show and that was really the most important part and sometimes I still think about that show a lot because of course you know I love film and I love filmmaking and those are a lot of those aspects there minus the technical things like the cinematography especially but minus those things a lot of the themes that they have are things that should be seen more in other work and i think we are starting to see them more but i highly recommend Sense8. that's all i gotta say go ahead what's your number two
0: i've heard really good things and that was definitely a good good rundown of it um my number two is stranger things this might be netflix's most popular Mm -hmm. original uh i think but I love it. Stranger things is the, so I'm not a binge watcher, but stranger things is the only show that I will 100% be able to binge all in one day with ease. And I did it with the first season. And then I did it with the second season when I watched it. And I'm going to do it next week with the third season. That's the only show that I've ever been able to sit down and watch an entire season in one sitting. Other than that, I have to take breaks, but stranger things, that is the show that gets me hooked so quickly. I absolutely love that show. Um, no, yeah. no so, I mean,
1: yeah, Stranger Things is great. I'm yeah. lo- I mean, I love Stranger Things. I mean, I it wasn't it didn't make my top five, but that doesn't mean it's not amazing. No, I yeah. know that show's really good.
0: I absolutely love it. What is your number one Netflix
1: original? So my number one Netflix original is Black Mirror. I mean, yeah, one, just the aspect of it that you don't have to watch it all at once because not every episode connects to each other. I love that. Just because for me, when I first started watching Black Mirror, I was able to just sit down and look at them and be like, oh, okay, I feel like watching this one today. I feel like watching this one today. And then yeah. when I did watch the episodes, like uh, like the Black Museum that connected them a little bit, I was like, wow, now I got to go rewatch all of them to make, make sure I, I didn't miss anything. And then, of course, Bandersnatch was good, too. I mean, I don't think it was up to par with the rest of their uh, episodes. But I do like that Bandersant really tried something different. And it was at least a fun experience to say the least about it. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Yeah, but I feel like the way you feel about a series of unfortunate events, I felt when I first started watching Black Mirror, I was like, yeah, this show was made for me. Yeah, (laughs) Like I love sci-fi. I love things that are a little darker, have really good cinematography. And I love that no episode is like really hilarious or anything like that. For me, it's just... A lot of little punny jokes, you know, a lot of little funny yeah, things here yeah, and there. Little for things. the most part, yeah, it's just and then for that, it's another one of those things too, where it's like each episode has its own theme of what's going on, and really makes you question the things that are going on around you, like today, and it really starts to make you think about what's going on in life and those other things. And I, I really love shows like that, and so for me, Black Mirror is definitely easily by a mile number one over everything but what's your number one best netflix original of all time
0: mine is daredevil um you mentioned it's your number three i Mm -hmm. thought about it for a while it's definitely my number one because that's a show that i think daredevil may be just the pinnacle of comic book adaptations in any medium like in anything like that 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 just hits it hits the spot. It's it's chef's kiss. It's so good. Mwah! Um, I freaking I freaking love it. Uh, I speaking on Daredevil, like season one, absolutely love season one. Season two, I liked, but it kind of lost me a bit in the middle. Um, without season three, it wouldn't be my number one for sure. But season mm-hmm. three is maybe the best season of television of anything that i've ever watched just the way that it's handled the way it's written how every storyline is intertwining even the subplots like agent N- nadim his mm-hmm. subplot when he was introduced in the first episode of season three i was like i'm gonna hate this like this this guy seems annoying like his subplot seems pointless like i i know i'm not gonna like this they just added this random random detective and it's gonna bore the heck out of me uh, but I ended up loving it and I just love there's no part of Daredevil season three that I don't love. And that's what pushes it to number one for me is season three but just because I've never seen anything like Daredevil season three in any medium, movie, T V, anything. Never seen anything like it.
1: Uh For me so. it's one of those things too, for if you're able to sustain that feeling and sustain that success over a whole season. That's crazy because it's hard, you know, it's hard to make a three hour movie good, but to make a giant, a whole season that good. Right. That, yeah, no, I mean, Daredevil, I understand why it's your number one, because all three seasons are amazing.
0: (laughs) Right, for sure. All right. So that being said, we're going to, we're about wrapped up. Uh, Let's do one more thing. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about Spider-Man Far From Home. That is the big release. It is releasing on Tuesday, which is weird but it's releasing on tuesday uh so we're all very we're very excited for that that's going to be next week's main topic um one thing that you're excited you're excited for in spider-man far from home go
1: for me one thing i'm excited for i mean mine is jake gyllenhaal because i know him as an actor yeah me too i'm really excited to see what this post-credit scene is yeah (laughs) just because everybody everyone on twitter is hyping it up and i'm excited Yeah.
0: yeah That's got to be me, too, is Mysterio in the post-credit scene. That's what I'm most excited for. So, uh, we will see you next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening, uh, for joining in on our second episode. We hope you've appreciated it. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, I am at Preston Seymour. Uh, I'll put that in the description. Raymond is at Arvinia, R-V-I-N-Y-A-H. Uh, we are also, we work on a website called The Cinema Spot. You can follow that at uh, the Cinema Spot on Twitter. Um, that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we will see you guys next week with our thoughts on Spider Man Far From Home.
1: Thanks, guys. See you next week.